The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the commentary booth where we watch and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator Jamie Apps and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week I'm joined by a freelance social commentator who lists their favourite movie as American Psycho and favourite TV show as Yellowstone. Welcome back to the show, Blake Robinson. Doing, doing, Jamie. It's been a while. Have you got two watches on? No, <laughs> one's a whoop. It sort of looks like it, eh? It looks like he had two watches on. I was like, why has he got like a Garmin watch and an Apple watch? No, 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 no. <sighs> that would just be silly. But people do that. I was actually watching a video the other day. This guy was running. He had like his fitness watch on and an Apple watch on the same wrist. Don't ask why. Seems excessive. But I've seen like super rich, ignorant people like will have a watch on each wrist. Like <laughs> two Richard Melee watches. I've seen people with like multiple watches on and it's like, just looks weird. Why not, if you can? I'm surprised it's not a trend that hasn't properly taken off, like the watch on each wrist. Is it just because it's so ridiculous? Like, it's just dumb? Like, you, p- most people don't even look at the time on one watch. They use their phone, like, they don't too. I do that so often when I go somewhere and have my Apple Watch on. I just grab my phone out and look at the clock and then go. You feel dirty yourself. You, like, smack yourself on the back of the hand for doing it, yeah. It's such a bad habit, hey? It's because I don't wear my watch at home. Yeah, it's true. It's, yeah. I'm the same. I normally just, as soon as I get on type of watch off, it's just one last thing on my wrist. Yeah. I'm used to just like grabbing my phone and looking at it. And then when I'm out, I do the same thing. And I'm like, oh, you, you have your watch on. I've got, I've got mates who like don't even have batteries in their watches. Like, like the time's not set. They just, it's actually an accessory. Oh, Jesus. But I, when I'm wearing a watch, I try to make sure I check the time on it, <laughs> not use my phone. Because I feel like an idiot uh, every time I get my phone out to check the time I've got to watch on. So how's things been? I think this is, is this your first episode of 2024? First thing Bro, um, it's honestly been the slowest month period of my life. Like it's been three weeks of this month. It's felt like three months. I don't know what is going on. Yeah, it has been slow this year. I feel like I'm way ahead of everything for some reason. We talk about movies on this show. That's what we're here for. Went to the movies the other night. No kids. You go to the movies this time of year and you expect kids. There's no kids. It's just a win. It's a win all around. I guess the movie you went to see, maybe not. The, the most kid-friendly movie. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see Mean Girls or is it Wish? That little f- looks like Frozen. That movie. There's actually some really good movies out at the moment. Um, I'm actually very impressed with the selection, the school holiday selection. Yeah, I feel like Mean Girls is probably more where all the the teenage girls and the boyfriends getting dragged to the movies are. I've heard from like a reliable source that it's like a legitimate one out of ten, like a just a shit movie, like a walkout job. See, I've heard like total opposite ends of the spectrum. I've heard people hate it or people love it. Really? I, I know nothing about it. Is it a sequel or a remake? I don't know. It's based on the Broadway musical. Because mm. I did see a little something from Saturday Night Live. They did, um, it made no sense to me. They did like that recreate that Spider-Man meme. I was like, what relevance does that have to anything? Mm-hmm. But it was like Rachel McAdams, who was in like the original and one of the chicks from like the musical that you just mentioned, and like Megan the Stallion, I don't know what relevance she has to Mean Girls. Is she like a mean mean girl? Does she have a song called Mean Girl or something? I don't know. She might have a song in the new movie. 
But I think I was just showing my age by not knowing anything that was going on in that photo. <laughs> <laughs> just like, uh, no. I'm out of touch, man. I'm losing the internet. It's getting away from me. Yeah, the new movie is based on the Broadway musical, which is based on the, act, the first movie. So it's like... Oh, really? Yeah. So it's kind of like a musical adaptation of the first movie, but with just a little interstitial part. That's kind of cool, but at the same time, it just sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it seems very unnecessary. Would that be like... Oh, you're going to correct me here because this is right up your alley. Hamilton... Is the movie Hamilton based off the show or is the show based off the movie? So the movie that's on Disney Plus is not... Is just the live show, is that what it is? Yeah, it's not a movie. It's a filmed version of the Broadway show. Well, there goes that example. So yeah, this week we finally dragged Blake inside the squared circle as we discuss A24's new wrestling film, The Iron Claw, which in itself explores the heartbreaking downfall of the iconic Von Erich wrestling dynasty. Mm. Before we dig into the film, Blake, what is your background with wrestling? Did you used to watch it? Have you watched much? Um, like I didn't even watch it as a kid, really. Like I, I could probably count on one hand how many wrestlers I know. Like I used to know the Sting as a kid. Sting's still around. Is he? He had like the pain on his face. Yeah, he's retiring in about two or three weeks. Goldberg. Yep. John Cena. Rey Mysterio. Like Undertaker, actually, I probably know a few more than five, but you're just the OGs. I was going to say, you're going to surprise yourself with how many wrestlers you actually know. Just the OGs. Um, Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan. The Hardy Brothers. Yeah, the Hardys, they're still around. Yeah, see, but like, I don't know anything about wrestling. I don't watch it. And I'm going to say, I want it on the public record, first and foremost. This is a wrestling movie, if I've ever seen a movie about one particular topic. Like, you know, you got Talladega Nights, it's like a NASCAR movie. Mm hmm. The list goes on. Lords of Dogtown, it's about skateboarding, mm -hmm. etc. This is a movie about wrestling. Know that. And I could just imagine wrestling fans like yourself, how much they would have fanboyed and enjoyed this movie. I loved it. There are some inaccuracies, but it's pretty good. Ah, see, that's what I, that's the next one I was going to say. Because normally, they say, I'm going to use this example. And ironically, I've just chosen this example, uh, Jeremy Allen White. Because mm -hmm. he's in this movie and he's in The Bear. I've heard from chefs how painfully accurate the bear is to real life kitchen life restaurant life chef life is this comparable to that in the wrestling world is this very accurate and what are your inaccuracies you've just mentioned i'm intrigued to find out as a fan who didn't pick up on that style of stuff so watching the wrestling scenes it was pretty well done like mm. the way they've choreographed all of that really well done mainly because one of the producers is uh, maxwell jacob friedman who is the former AEW world champion. Uh, yeah, it's, well, that was my next question. Are wrestling people involved in this movie? Yes. And then the main like stunt coordinator was Chavo Guerrero. I know the name Guerrero. Was there an Eddie Guerrero? Yeah. So Chavo's Eddie's, I believe, nephew. Yep. Um, and he pretty well in the Hollywood scene a lot. Anytime there's sort of some sort of wrestling or fight choreography stuff, he mm. kind of gets pulled in. Mm. So he was in there showing... Zach, Jeremy, and Harris, how to sort of do these moves, do these matches and stuff. There's a bunch of wrestlers in side roles as well. They look the part. So, like, the wrestling parts are good. Outside the ring is where the inaccuracies start to come. We're on the storyline. Yeah, in the storyline. And also there's a moment where we see the wrestlers in the back before they go out for their match discussing their match mm. and, like, what they're going to do and all of that sort of stuff. See, I had no idea how that stuff works. In modern day wrestling, that's very accurate, very true. Yep. Back in the time that this movie is set, 
that wouldn't have happened. Mm. There you go. The good guys and the bad guys always had separate locker rooms and they were mm. not to be seen together at any time. So they would go into the ring and they would call everything in the ring on the fly. Like that's when you see them sort of, they go for a headlock and they get like really close to like to the other guy's head mm. and they'll like say, oh, we're going to do this sequence of moves and then they'll just do it. Really? Whereas in modern wrestling, they will run through the whole match beforehand. So it's completely scripted now, like whereas then they sort of were on the fly. There are still moments where people will go and they'll just like, let's just call it all in the ring. Yeah, right. Or on the fly, if something happens that wasn't supposed to happen, all right, let's do this now and yeah. play off that. Like if someone gets mm. hurt or something, they'll play off it and go from there. Yeah, well, you, of course that would have to, you have to just take it as it comes and not everything goes to plan. So you have to make something up as you go. Or if what they're doing isn't getting the reactions that they wanted, yeah, then they can pivot and like improvise. While we're on this topic, it's jumping ahead a bit, but I just want to touch on it. When you mentioned the locker room and not hanging out, was it the world title fight where he fought, apologies, forgot which character, fought Ric Flair and he comes into the locker room afterwards? I'm like, surely that is not happening. In those days, it potentially wouldn't have, but I guess if if they know there's no general public in the building at that point, mm. like if they've all left, then it would be fine. Yeah. But it's any time where they think that they may get seen. Hanging out. Then it just takes away, yeah. Yeah, it takes away the whole aura of, oh, that guy really hates that guy. It's like if you're watching, I don't know. Yeah, when like Conor McGregor's like shit talking someone, if you then went and saw them like eating dinner together, you'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, oi, that's like, oi, just on the weekend, the UFC, Sean Strickland and Drykus Duplessis, like they've just hated each other for months, weeks. All the promo leading up to it, they like literally just want to kill each other, like actually kill each other. Mm-hmm. Then you see him like hugging it out and shit after the fight, like what the fuck? Fuck, they've like let us on all week, reckon they want to kill each other. Now they're hugging and like showing respect for each other. They didn't show any respect for months. Now they're hugging it out. It's the exact same thing, eh? It just takes away that aura. Like, well, they got the pay-per-views. Everyone watched. We're good. We've got our numbers. We've got our money. Let's hug it out. Like you had very limited experience with wrestling. You obviously would have had no idea about the Von Eriks and the tail. Never heard the name Von Erich in my life. Oh, I didn't even know anything. I know nothing about it. So I just knew it was pretty fucked up and a lot of bad shit happened to the family. I didn't know who died, what died, if people got injured, if other stuff happened. I knew nothing. I didn't know there was a curse. And I'm actually glad I didn't know anything because I feel, see, this is a tough one. As a wrestling fan like you and someone who you still would have been able to enjoy the film, you could have even been like looking forward to it even more knowing what happened. Whereas someone like me who was interested in the film, just a casual sort of interester, I think if me knowing what happened could have taken away some of the sting from the movie because I really enjoyed this for the fact that I was, didn't know what was going to happen next. I had no idea what was going to happen to what people and that was like edge of my seat sort of heart racing stuff. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen next? Where I assume you knew what was going to happen next but you didn't really care about that because you were so interested in other aspects of the film where I was relying on the thrill of the film to be interested in it. I can imagine it hit a lot like hit a lot harder and stung a lot more when some of these people got injured or ultimately pass away. But for mm. me, it was like, I knew it was all coming. I just wanted to see how, how it happened, what it like did to the, the remaining characters. And yeah, it was, for me, it was still super, super heavy. Was it depicted to your liking, to your standard? Did they do a good job of doing it? Yeah, I loved this. I thought it was brilliantly done. I think this is by far and away Zac Efron's greatest acting performance to date. Oh, I've got a bone to pick. This is, this is a big bone to pick. Yes, Zac Efron 
did a great job and this is nothing off his part. The makeup was absolutely terrible. Why was he, he just had, is it, I don't know, did his character look like something like that? That's a very accurate Kevin Von Erich. Just like big box face, jaw. I need to get him up. I need to see this because it was so, and he is like impressively 0% body fat physique was so distracting. He was. He was jacked. He was massive. Was He was so jacked. Like it was distracting. He was distractingly jacked. Yep. Yeah, the Von Erichs were, were massive dudes. Um, oh, the hair's accurate. Yeah, 80s Kevin Von Erich had that haircut, which is funny. He had the haircut, but, God, he's painfully big jaw and box head. I don't know. Now that I'm looking at this, yeah, geez, they're all the same, those boys. Oh, yeah. I thought it was – it would it come off as comical to me. It, he looked that ridiculous. So that took a bit of a sting away for me. But he's great. He did great. He did great. I will say, though, that he looked – much more accurate than the Ric Flair character. Right. So this is why I didn't want to mention Ric Flair so early because I've got a huge bone to pick. I was, I, yeah, that was bad. I thought that was pretty cringe as well and also a bit pushed. Like, did that need to happen? And I was thinking the whole time, has this been approved by Ric Flair? Like, what would he think of this depiction? I don't know, but it wasn't good. I've seen multiple people do better Ric Flair impressions. Yeah, it was shocking. Woo! People off the street do better Ric Flair impressions of Rick of Ric Flair than this guy. And you know, it felt like that sort of role too, where that should have been like a pretty well known like actor doing that. You know what the example I thought of in Joker, um, the talk show host, it's Robert De Niro, right? Yes. And that's like that was like a pretty big shock. Like that's a huge cameo, like and no one's really expecting that. I reckon that something like that should have been done here. Mm-hmm. Because like I feel like nearly every person has heard has at least heard of Ric Flair. Yeah, everyone knows who Ric Flair is. So, like, when he pops up, it could have been a massive star, like Leonardo DiCaprio in that, and that's a massive, like... Something, someone like a Ryan Gosling even? Yeah, and it's like, oh, whoa, what, he's in this? That's what I mean. Like, when he came on, that, that like, it was like that sort of grainy TV footage, and, like, the fact that they put it behind that grainy old footage, like, was a perfect opportunity to sort of hide a famous actor and sort of, like, blend them into that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole well, – as soon as he came on, I was, like, studying this character. I'm like, is this a well – I was because I was expecting – I was like, is this a well-known actor? Like, this is a perfect opportunity to throw, like, a cameo in there. I had no idea who it is. Are you looking it up now? It is Aaron Dean Eisenberg. I don't know who you are, brah. What's he do? Like I was just about to say, you, you, where you mentioned, like most people know who Ric Flair is. I reckon like sixty percent or fifty percent of people know who Ric Flair is. Wouldn't have like even realized he's a was a wrestler. They probably just think he's just like a famous character, like just a person mm-hmm. famous for being him. And like, could that? And like, I've seen Ric Flair recently. He still looks like Ric Flair. Like <laughs> Ric Flair looks like Ric Flair. Like I don't think he's ever going to change. Same as Hulk Hogan. Like Hulk Hogan looks like Hulk Hogan still. Yep. Could you have put Ric Flair to play Ric Flair? I know it was 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, no, I don't think so. No, not going to work. No, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, but they're two big bones I've got to pick. So the Zac Efron's makeup was comical and took a bit of a sting out of it. And that Ric Flair character was way too pushed and forced. And they made a point out of the whole thing. Yeah. They didn't need Ric, they didn't need Ric Flair. It was like they needed Ric Flair to save the movie, or, but they didn't need even need him at all. I think just because it was like an iconic match. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It was the timeline and like, was all the history of Ric Flair being involved accurate? Like, is that justified? Yes. So he had a world title fight with Von, er- um, Von Eric. Yep. Was it the, which Von Eric was it again? Harry. Ke- there's Kevin, which is Zach. 
Kerry was Jeremy Allen White. And then Harris Dickinson played David. Tall lad. Yep. He was mad. He was probably my favorite. I liked him. I am um, big Jeremy Allen White fan, as everyone knows. He came off as a bit of a piece of shit in this, hey? Like his character. Yeah, I think he was just like, he came off as angry. Did he really lose his foot? Yes. Did that happen? That's hectic, hey? As soon as he jumped on that bike, I knew he was going to crash. But my guess was he was going to die. How much of you know this story? Did you know everything? Like, or how everyone died and everything? Or did you need refreshing when you watched this to remind you? I knew. Some of the deaths. Kerry had died of suicide. Is that accurate? He shot himself in the chest. Like, you've got to be accurate in something like this. You can't make shit up or change the story, eh? And I knew David had died in Japan. Yeah. But I didn't know much about Mike. On that front, they left out a brother as well due to time constraints. Bullshit. Is there another one? Is that uh, Jack, the, the young little one who died when he was five? No. So there's another one. Another one on top of Jack. And they, 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 he didn't even get to mention the movie, eh? No. So there's... In the Von Erich family, there were... There was four in the movie. There was four alive in the movie, then five. There was a little Jack. There was five deaths. And Evan made it through. Yes. So Jack Adkinson was the first to die in 1959. He died at the age of seven. He was five in the movie, wasn't he? I think so, yeah. What's going on there? So he was electrocuted and then fell face first into a puddle and drowned. Fuck. That's bad luck. <laughs> then David died of... Enteritis in 1984, age 25 in Tokyo. Yeah. He was there for the world title fight, yeah? Uh, yeah, he was like touring with the NWA. NWA? Yeah, the National Wrestling Alliance. A governing body. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the rumor is that he died of a drug overdose, but the, they got rid of all the drugs before the police arrived. Uh, the old Marilyn Monroe crime scene cleanup. Yep. One of them ones. That's never, ever been confirmed. Ric Flair put it in a book and everyone's just been like, yeah, it's Ric Flair. You can't really trust Ric Flair. A, a known Mayo user. And then Mike died in 1987 when he committed suicide via overdosing on pain pills. He was only 23 years old. Yeah, he walked out into the field. Yeah, I was wondering how he killed himself. I didn't really touch on that, hey? Yeah, he took all his pain medication and... Ah, uh, because then, yeah, because he walked out with his sleeping bag or some shit into the paddock, hey? But then they sort of, when they found him, that was it. They didn't really show much of it. Uh, and then Chris, who was excluded from the movie, died in 1991 from suicide. He was only 21. And then Kerry committed suicide via gunshot, aged 32. That's hectic, hey? And one of the mistakes was he was found by Fritz, not not Kevin. Yeah, right. Twisted it a bit. And then ultimately Fritz died in 1997 from brain and lung cancer, aged 68. Fritz is the dad? Yep. So the only the only one from that generation left is Kevin. He's still alive, eh? Yep. He was just on AEW about three weeks ago. That's sick. Quickly while we're on that. How good was that family photo at the end of the movie? With, with the whole family in Hawaii? Yeah, like the real life. That was sick. How involved do you reckon he was in this movie? He's obviously signed off on it. Yeah, he said it was. He said he was happy with with it. Well, that's so much trauma, right? Eh? What a life. Oh yeah, and then yeah. So Kevin's sons Ross and Marshall now wrestle. They were just on AEW and Ring of Honor recently. They're really good. I would like to see them wrestle more. Uh, and then Kerry's daughters are still alive as well. Holly Atkinson and Lacey Von Eric who wrestled for a little while in TNA. It's almost a name that sounds familiar. Whose kids are they? Kerry's. They weren't in the movie, eh? No. So there, there are some things that they left out purely for like, like if they'd put um, Chris in the movie, mm. it would have made it 
even more like heavy, like five people in this family die. Holy shit. From everything I've read and whatnot of people being like sad and crying and saying how fucked it was, I handled them all very well, all the bad scenes very well. And I actually didn't cry man tears until the very end when the Zac Efron character of Kevin was watching his sons play football and they said like, we'll be your brothers, dad. Mm-hmm. And oh, I was like, bro, can you not right now? I was <laughs> so glad that was right at the end. Yeah, there, there was there was two scenes in the movie that really hit me. And when he's watching him play footy, I'm like, oh, man, this is gobby. And oh, my God, can we – um, you know, I think I called the last scene in Saltburn where Barry Keown is like dancing around the house to murder on the dance floor. I can call <laughs> that like the best movie scene of like 2023 maybe i'm we have a new clubhouse leader an early clubhouse leader for the best movie scene of 2024 here and that is the brothers meeting up the afterlife scene that is yeah what a scene bro whose idea was that that was genius then little jack and he's like i believe you're my older brother mm-hmm. or something i was like oh this is so sick it was that afterlife scene and then the scene with the with Ross and Marshall, where I was like, holy hell. Yeah, bruh, that's mad. Both those scenes, I was like, I've lost the whole movie, the funerals, the deaths, but yeah, it was those two scenes at the end that got the mantis going on their merry way. Great. I'm glad we both agreed on that. Yeah, some of the like wrestler cameos that happened throughout the movie. MJF is in there as Lance Von Eric, who isn't really a true Von Eric. He was like just a wrestler that they got paired with one of the brothers at one point chavo guerrero is in there as the sheik mm-hmm. and ryan nemeth is in there as gino hernandez as well so there's a couple of wrestler cameos in there for people with a keen eye yeah right given that you didn't sort of know much about them the early parts of the movie where it's establishing how big are like superstars the von erics were in those early years of like texas wrestling was the von erics yeah i know it's hard to get your head around like I know things back in those days were a lot bigger, like little things like that, because I didn't have anything else really. And like, I don't know, it's they sort of shot to start them very quickly. Hey, mm-hmm. were these like pay per views? Like the wrestling jurisdictions in each state were their own like company, and they had to sell pay per views or something. Because there was like a talk of an ESPN deal at one stage, but was that just for the Texas jurisdiction that was? contracting to ESPN to broadcast? Like, is that when they took off and stardom? Yeah, so this is like pre-WWE taking over as like a national promotion. Right. This is back in the days when it was like a territory system where you would have the Texas Wrestling uh, Federation and they'd have just like, they'd have a circuit within Texas that they would run and they'd do that over and over and then they would get like a TV deal and put their shows up on there. Mm. And then you would have another federation that's like you'd have one in Florida, then you'd have one in like the Northeast and then one in the North, in the Midwest and stuff like that. And what you would do is you would have, you'd have someone like Ric Flair, who was the NWA world champion, which was like, it was a governing body where it had like a board and the board would be like representatives from each of the territories. And they would all sort of vote on, okay, this guy's coming up. Let's send him to go and wrestle. Like let's send Ric Flair to go and wrestle him and do that sort of stuff. And that's obviously how David ends up winning the title. Like, they all agree that, okay, this this is the guy we're going to put the title on. Uh, Kevin really didn't want his brothers succeeding. Hey, he was a bit selfish, wasn't he? He wanted it all for him. He wanted all the smoke. Well, that's, yeah, that comes back to like Fritz, like mm. from little kids, these 
boys were in like competition to be the favorite and like they were always ranked by their dad and he was like oh the rankings can always change and then like kevin like gets that real big push of like you're the next the next one up and then it gets to the time where the nwa is going to come to texas and they skip him it's like i can understand why he was kind of like a bit ticked off yeah for sure could have been fate in the end really <laughs> yeah ended up probably working in his favor probably saved his life to be honest with you we mentioned stardom how big texas wrestling was and touching back on inaccuracies did kevin meet his partner in that manner out the front getting an autograph i'm not 100 percent sure but i wouldn't be shocked so yeah it wouldn't surprise and back in those days that's probably how people met each other to be honest with you mm-hmm. i did love that in that whole like romance storyline thing kevin manages to keep what they call kayfabe and like the lines of the business is real he didn't like let her in on the, the, the jig was up that it's all predetermined he was kind of like they're out on the date and she says something about it being fake and he goes no 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 wrestling isn't fake yeah there's nothing yeah there's nothing fake about it as real but and i knew what she was saying she just didn't word it right <laughs> yeah and he was like no 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 wrestling is real it's yeah it's like it's happening right there we are wrestling but yeah I knew what she was getting at. Has there been reactions in your circles, your little world of wrestling from wrestlers? How have they taken this movie? What's the buzz? Pretty much everyone is loving it. The the Ric Flair thing is the one that's like the big sticking point where everyone's just like, oh. Is that the chitter chatter? Yeah. Everyone's like, what the? Why? Well, I hated it. So I. <laughs> they could have picked up any wrestler off the street and be like, can you just come in and do a Ric Flair impression for us? Like, hey, yes, sweet. Can you imagine how many like cosplay dudes like would nail that? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like that's just what they do. Like, you could have played, paid some random dude fifty bucks and he'd have done a better job than Aaron Eisenberg. The more I think about it, oh my god! Oh, I was going to say Ryan Gosling, but Owen Wilson, bro. Now that's one that would have been good. That would have been sick. Yeah, my big question would be: Can Owen Wilson pull off like a Carolina accent? And not just be Owen Wilson accent. Wow. 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 And yet we were talking about like Kerry getting that first like bite from the the Von Eric curse. Like, yeah, he was on the verge of going to the Olympics. And then the whole USSR Cold War thing really kicks off and the US Mm. pull out of the Olympics. That would have been so like devastating, like about to go to the Olympics, have a good chance at meddling here. And then the Von Eric curse. I um I stopped to like reflect on history for a second then and how like crazy those times would have been like these athletes in any sport would have trained so hard especially in the US where they were they like send heaps of athletes for nearly every sport I can just imagine how shattering like like same thing like families just relying put everything they've built their whole life into like their one kid or whatever to go to this Olympics, then they just pull it. Mm -hmm. It would have destroyed families for generations still. like Yeah, especially because it's not like it's not like a regular sport where it's like, oh, the world championships will just go next year. Yeah, every four years. Like you're done. That's like not many people get a second shot at an Olympic cycle because it's every four years. So if you don't go, then that's it. You may as well start focusing on something else because you're not going to be able to do it again in four years. But then like because he is so that the whole family is so like hell-bent on this idea of the the von eric curse it kind of ends up becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy where they're always just like waiting for the next bad thing to happen and in doing so kind of bring about the next bad thing on themselves yeah so that was like that's just another part of the curse wasn't it the the olympic saga Mm -hmm. 
But like, particularly when they sort of, he comes back instead of just like living a clean life, continuing to like just wrestle hard, they go out partying and, and then like the movie doesn't shy away from showing them like partying, drink driving, drugs, steroid use. Yeah, full jabbing. Like it was no holds barred on that sort of stuff. Yeah, Zac Efron ain't got 1% body fat from sinking beers. I'll tell you that much. That's inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really well done overall from, from yeah. my perspective. Um, yeah, see, I wouldn't know if it was well done, but it looked legit to me, like face value. The, the whole idea of sort of the brotherhood aspect and then like. Yeah, they loved each other. That was pretty cool. Yeah, like you see Kevin sort of take on the sort of mentoring and nurturing role like he's trying to protect his brothers from mm. his dad's like crazy incessant hard pressure that he's putting on everyone all the time and he's like you need to tell dad to lay off a bit yeah like he, he did that he told his mom then um when he was on the date oh, what, what was his what was his partner's name his partner to be pam 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 she's like getting at she's just throwing herself at him and he's just like no nah, i just really like to protect my brothers and I'm just like hanging out my brothers, like working with my brothers. Like he's just not biting at what she's given him. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, all I care about is my brothers. Like that's really my life. I just like living with them, like playing with them, working with them. Yeah, it's just it's re- wrestling and looking after each other. That was that was their whole life. And Yeah, that's mad. It was sick. It was a good relationship. Thank God damn Jeremy Allen White belts him mm-hmm. in the ring. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? That's not wrestling. That's, that's real. Wrestling's fake. What are you doing, man? <laughs> Just straight up punched brother in the face. But uh, he did well to get back on his feet, hey, with his foot. <laughs> get back on his foot. That whole thing, like wrestling with the prosthetic foot. Did he actually do that? Yeah, he did that for a while without anybody knowing. Fuck, that's hectic. Oh, yeah, because they sort of getting sacked, hey, getting laid off, not getting a contract. Did They must have found out that he wasn't. He was. How, they, how did no one know he was like missing his foot? Like, surely they were big enough stars by then that they know he had an accident and it would have got out from the hospitals like would have leaked nope so yeah people didn't like know that he didn't uh, i don't know if like like the wrestling backstage they might have known but like general public didn't know that he was missing his foot yes social media is a different beast hey like he, he could probably keep secrets back then the reason he ended up getting laid off was because he was wrestling with that prosthetic foot which obviously was like really painful really awkward so then he became like addicted to the pain pills yeah. And then that became a massive issue for him. Yeah. And then that's why he ended up being laid off. Ah, uh, true. So, yeah, that was pretty heavy. Yeah. And then in terms of, like, the performance of the film, the budget was $15.9 million. That's nothing. Yeah. Classic A24. Somehow can make money last. <laughs> Stretch a bit further. And the, the US box office to date is currently at $32.3 million, but has only just come out here in Australia. So they're going to make some good money here in Australia. I believe it hasn't released in the UK yet either. So there's Huge. another whole like wave of income for it. So. Japan? Wrestling's big in Japan, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Especially with like David being yeah, a 100%. pretty big star in uh, Japan as well. So Yeah, they'll love it. There's like infinite potential here. Other wrestling movies. Have you seen any other wrestling movies or is this like your first foray into the... I consider the Peanut Butter Falcon a wrestling movie with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, 100% a wrestling movie. Yep. That's a wrestling movie. That's a good one too. That's a real good one. Oh, I've seen The Wrestler. Bruh, that is a movie. That's a good one. That's probably the best wrestling movie of all time, is it not? I think I would put The Iron Claw above The Wrestler, but it's like neck and neck. Like either, either day I could toss a coin and be happy. I want to go back and watch the wrestler now because that's an emo. That, that is a sad movie. That is sadder than the Iron Claw, I thought. 
Yeah, I think that one's sadder because you can like see the downfall, like just gradually building, whereas this one is kind of like sudden shocks. Rattle off some wrestling movies that I may be forgetting. So you've kind of pretty much seen the major ones. Uh, the other <laughs> one is Fighting With My Family. Yeah. It's like a, it's a story about one of the female wrestlers and how she ended up going from wrestling in England to wrestling in the WWE. Right. It's a good one. Let me Google wrestling movies and see what we come up with. Yeah, the wrestler Nacho Libre. Oh, I, I, who, I, haven't, I haven't seen it, but I know it. Who's in that again? It's one of them funny guys. Jack Black. The funniest guy. <laughs> Beyond the Mat is another wrestling. Oh, I've heard of that. Is that a documentary? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's really good. There's a movie called Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies. That sounds so bad. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not, not the greatest. You Cannot Kill David Arquette. That's a fantastic documentary if you want to check out a documentary. That's another one I've heard of. Yeah, and it's on, I believe it's still on Stan. Last time I saw it, it was on Stan. That was sick, hey? Yeah, it's on Stan. Hecky, that was nuts. If, if you want to dive into some crazy wrestling documentaries, that's a good one. This looks etched. He looks, I don't know who David Arquette is, but he looks completely unhinged. Mm-hmm. Is that why you cannot kill him? <laughs> kind of. he'll probably kill you. Yeah, that's mad. Cassandro on Amazon is a very good movie about um, gay wrestlers in Mexico. Pretty crazy stuff. That's a niche. Yeah. Uh, 350 Days is a documentary about like just wrestling and like the crazy schedules they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ready to Rumble. That's another good one. That's a that's an actual David Arquette wrestling movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm kidding. Like, what's that other one? He cannot kill David Arquette. He looks like he's got a bit of G.G. Allen about him. <laughs> and then there's, there is one on YouTube that's like an independent movie, but I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. For such something that's so popular and such a huge part of pop culture and sport whatnot, there's not many wrestling movies out, is it? We've just realized. Yeah, not many great ones. Um, Heel Kick is another really good one on YouTube. Right. It's like a pseudo documentary. So sort of like, kind of like The Office, but wrestling. Right. So that's, a, that's a fun one. Interesting. <laughs> Just trying to picture that. Yeah. Watching The Iron Claw really made me want to see a Eddie Guerrero, A24 drama depiction of his life. Maybe we'll get a Logan Paul ones one day. Hey, how's Logan Paul go? In the, is he like respected with all the wrestling fans? Like, is he a legit wrestler these days? I know he's a big deal. Do the fan- he comes off as someone like all oh, the fans would hate at like the live shows and shit. They hated him until he had a match and then they went, oh shit, he's actually really good. He's very good. Like, cause I watch like his YouTube videos and whatnot and he's, he looks, he looks like he knows what he's doing. Well, he, he yeah. wrestled in like college and high school and shit. So he's, he's, his few matches in the WWE have been great. Very profitable um, asset for them. Oh yeah. With merchandising and promotions, like license to print money. I'm pretty sure he's still the US champion, actually. He's got a bit of Zac Efron in the Iron Claw chisel about him too, that kid. Mm-hmm. Know that. <laughs> he's got a rig on him, Logan Paul. I think the next one they should probably like look to do, like this sort of biopic type thing, is Eddie Guerrero, just because he's got such a crazy story and, again, a crazy tragic ending as well. Doesn't the Undertaker have, well, didn't he go through shit as well? Is that why his character's the Undertaker? Like, because it seems dark and all that? No, not really. He was just like a big dude. And then Vince like gave him this other new character and ended up working really well. Oh, so it was like a Vince thing. Divorces and stuff, but nothing like. Yeah, I thought he had like a pretty dark past. That's why he was sort of that character. I was like. Nah, like Eddie Guerrero has like, he grew up in a wrestling family. 
So he's got the same sort of thing as Kevin, where like he was kind of born into this. Mm. Pretty much everyone in his family wrestles. He like he's traveled all around the world. He wrestled in Mexico, wrestled in Japan, eventually came to America, was in WCW, went to WWE, got sacked, had like crazy drug and alcohol addiction. And then yeah, like Eddie kicks the addiction, comes back to wrestling, is doing phenomenal stuff, and then just has a sudden heart attack and dies. Is Eddie Guerrero dead? Mm-hmm. It's been dead for a while. I did not know that. When did he die? He died in 2005. The year of the West Tigers premiership. There was another word wrestling question I had. Vince McMahon, who's married his daughter, and he's a, he's a new CEO or some shit, isn't he? Uh, Triple H. Triple H, is it? Yep. Yeah, right. That's pretty cool, eh? He's, he's got another like pretty crazy story as well, but no sort of tragic passings. I did hear a lot of people on Twitter like, oh, they should do a Chris Benoit one. I was like, mm, maybe not. I know who that lad is. Who is he? What's he do? So he was a wrestler. He was like adored by wrestlers because of his in-ring work. He was always just like really technical, just a really good in-ring technician. Uh, ultimately had a bunch of CTE and murdered his wife and young child. Fuck, CTE would do that to you, hey? Look at Aaron Hernandez out there being a thug. <laughs> like, I've heard about that story. What was his name again? Chris Benoit. I'm Googling this lad. I've, he's come up in conversation already. So like, yeah, it's it's a tragic, like crazy tale, but I also probably don't want to highlight a guy that killed his wife and like very young child. Yeah, it's a bit on the nose, eh? Whereas at least like Eddie, it's just tragic because like he was fine and then all of a sudden he was gone. Why did this guy, was? why was this guy back in the cycle recently, his Chris Benoit? Why, do, why have I heard about him recently? Did something happen? Here we go. Look, there's a Reddit a Reddit thread from a month ago. Why are people acknowledging Chris Benoit all of a sudden? This is me. <laughs> Probably because like people are like, oh, let's do the let's do a Chris Benoit A24 movie. And everyone's like, uh, maybe not so much. Pump the brakes on that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone seems to hate him. Yeah, well, he murdered his wife and like I think like five or six-year-old kid. So I'm not backing him up here, but thanks to CE, CTE. So hate, hate the game, not the player. That's how I've seen this. And yeah, the, the whole reason, the whole way they found out that that all happened too was it was supposed to be on a pay-per-view and didn't show up. What's Kurt Angle got to do with Chris Benoit? Uh, not too much apart from also having a lot of CTE, broken neck. He's in like he's in like three TikToks here, Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. <laughs> anyway. Kurt would be another crazy story because like he went to the Olympics, found out he had a broken neck just before he went to the Olympics. Still won the gold medal with a broken neck and transitioned into professional wrestling, became one of the like greatest professional wrestlers of all time, then had a whole bunch of drug drug issues, got sacked, went TNA, did fantastic work in TNA, and then sort of just drifted away. I can imagine like so many professional wrestlers like on the big time would be like just rock stars and just ripping through cocaine all the time. Probably heaps back in the 70s and 80s, but I wouldn't be surprised what's going on now. Eh? It would have been hectic. Drugs would have been hectic, bro. Yeah, in the 90s, it was really bad. It just seems like that sort of environment. It went from, yeah, alcohol and cocaine to then it was the painkillers and the sleeping tablets that became the big issue. And that's kind of what ultimately led to Eddie's downfall. Because those guys would have trained like maniacs, eh? And not just like the training too. like Oh, the schedules and shit, rehearsals, busy lifestyle, eh? And like the rings, it's it's painful shit. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to play in like a proper ring, just bounce around in and spring myself from the ropes. Boom, boom, looks easy. Yeah, like running the ropes, but even that like hurts. Like unless you, 
until you sort of build up the the callus and stuff on Kevin um when he who was it who was that 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 the fat guy that that were world champion like back to back world champion that Kevin had. uh Harley race Harley race he threw him outside on the floor and like he legit hurt his back hey mm-hmm. that, that seemed a bit hectic if you see a ring like deconstructed it doesn't look pleasant to like be getting slammed down on the stuff there's a metal frame and then there's pine boards sat on top of that and then there's like you know like the gym mats yeah there's like a thin layer of like foam that's like gym mat foam and then a canvas so you're basically just slamming down on pine boards that are like this thick yeah be fucking hard <laughs> yeah so much can go wrong so that's why you see a lot of wrestlers that have like hip and back and neck issues and knees knees are really bad as well better off them than me Wrestling's full on. I was going to ask this question before, but obviously they're on sick coin now. But like those, uh, the Von Eriks, what sort of money were they making back then? It would have been piss, but. Yeah, not much. Because they, they never really balled out. Hey, I keep forgetting his name, Kerry. Is that Jeremy Allen White? Mm-hmm. He sort of, he's obviously bought himself for like a motorcycle. So he had money to buy that, but they all still lived at home. Kevin got like a shitty little apartment. Like they, Made enough, I suppose, to get by. Maybe have a couple of nice things, but they were never balling, eh? No. Like they made a living. They made a living. Yeah. Essentially, that's it. Yeah, and like for the Von Eriks, a lot of their money came from the promotion. Yeah, yeah. And like the TV rights, but God, how much money was Dad scraping off the top? <laughs> yeah, but then you've got to you've got to invest all that money back in to like yeah. bring in new talent and stuff. Like it's for sure wrestling is a hard game, and like even today, like independent wrestlers. Oh, it looks like a grind from or everything I see you post about and all that. It just seems like a grind, eh? Same as anything. Same as if you're just a local band starting out. You gotta you gotta pay and be out of pocket for years. Like yep. going around to pubs, touring country towns before you get start getting paid to actually tour by a promoter. Like it's a grind, man. Everything every little everything like that is. All performing arts and whatnot. Like, because wrestling is a, what do you consider wrestling? Performing arts or sport? Like, at an amateur level, it's performing arts, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, like, they might get, like, 50 bucks for a match, but they've also got to get themselves to the show. Combination, get there, like, out of pocket. They've got to make merch. It's, like, out of pocket, thousands or whatnot. Yeah, so it's, like, it's the merch where you've got to make all your money back. Like, you're not going to make your money on show appearances. The show appearances are just there to get you in front of people, to get build your fan base, to then buy the merch. Yep. No, I need to come to one of these. Oh, fuck, I keep telling you, next time there's one in Wollongong or something, I want to come along and see what the goings on is. February 17th, Rock and Roll Wrestling. Oh, bullshit. Where's it at? At City Diggers. I've got nothing on. Volkanovski fights on the Sunday. Wee, big weekend of biffs. Yeah, there you go. No, I'm not going to lock it in, but I've got nothing on. Know that. <laughs> yeah, that could be a play. That could be fun. Yeah, pretty good. I want to buy like a, a wrestling shirt or someone who's wrestling. Yeah, there's plenty, plenty there. They've all got merch. Yeah, man, I don't want to go. <laughs> Alrighty. So, in terms of a rating for the Iron Claw, as a non-wrestling fan, what would you rate the Iron Claw out of five? <laughs> I've thought about like this one, and it's a very disrespectful rating system. So I'm not going to say. I'm just going to say it's a four out of five. <laughs> Jesus Christ. From face value, and someone knew nothing about it. It's a very good film. Um. And I, like just disrespectful, would give it less than a four. And like Zach Efron's makeup and appearances, like this was, and and the Ric Flair thing, those two things I mentioned, they're the only two bones I got to pick with this, and they're enough to make it me sit at a four and nothing over. Yeah, fair. I'll be shocked if you give this a five. To be honest, go. What's your got? I gave this a five. Oh, there's inaccuracies we spoke of. 
The inaccuracies, I don't mind. Five, and there's still like the Ric Flair thing. You got a five? The Ric Flair thing is annoying, but for me, it's it's such a minor part of the movie that I didn't really care. But I think for me, it's a five purely based on Zac Efron's performance and Jeremy Allen White's performance and even Harris Dickinson. Like the three leads in this are all phenomenal and I hope that they continue down this path. Like Jeremy Allen White, we already know, we already knew going into this, is a fantastic actor. So is Zac Efron. Like he cemented himself. Zac Efron is, what, what cemented Zac Efron? Was it um, Ted Bundy? Is that when people woke up and like, oh, Zach Efron's legit? But I swear, he's been legit for years, hey? He's branched out. He's done some sick roles. Yeah. I just, I think this just took him to a whole new level where it's like, oh, shit. Like, I think it's just this movie is like the most serious role and like legitimate movie, like portrayal he's had. Like all of the others have kind of been like silly kitty movies, whereas this one's like, this is like a legitimate adult's. Right. Zach Efron doing A24. That's huge. Like this is like award-worthy performances. Alrighty. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow me on social media at Jammy Ups Media and at Parrier Magazine. And you can follow Blake on Twitter at Captain Crumbs with a Z. The commentary booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Parrier Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps.